Today is October the 23rd. Today, the wall is finished. Reading through the Bible in a year today, I'd like you to read Nehemiah chapters 4 to 6. In these chapters, the wall is eventually finished, but not before there's some pretty significant opposition. First of all, opposition comes from uh, without uh, those who are left behind, Sanballat and Tobiah. Uh, organize attackers and they attack those who are building the wall. So uh, what Nehemiah does is uh, he splits his uh, construction crew into builders and soldiers. Half of them guard and half of them build. Um, <clears throat> in uh, chapter 5, uh, there is opposition from within. Uh, some of the builders say, uh, you know, we are, we're suffering. We're struggling to make ends meet. And uh, Nehemiah asked why, and he said, well, because uh, those who return from Babylon with money have lent us money, but they charge us such interest that we can barely make ends meet. So Nehemiah meets with them and uh, organizes uh, with them. He says, just, just stop charging the interest. And they actually say, you know what? We'll give back everything that we've collected from uh, those who are rebuilding the wall. And um, uh, uh, they just won't owe us anything above and beyond what they borrowed. Uh, the third area of opposition comes in chapter 6. Um, Sanballat, Tobiah, Gershom, and the rest of the enemies plot against Nehemiah. They figure, okay, Nehemiah is the one who's organizing all of this. Let's get rid of him. And uh, they ask to meet with him, and uh, he simply refuses. Uh, they try to deceive him, and he says, I'm, I'm not going to fall for it. So in chapter 6, verse 15, so on October the 2nd, the wall was finished 52 days after we had begun. The wall is now done. Everything is uh, ready for Israel to be able to flourish again as a nation. Enjoy today as you read Nehemiah chapters 4 to 6. Nehemiah 4 through 6, New Living Translation, Nehemiah 4. Simbalat was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and mocked the Jews, saying in front of his friends and the Sumerian officers, What does a bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do they think they can build the wall in a single day just by offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, That stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. Then I prayed, Hear us, our God, for we are being mocked. May their scoffing fall back on their own heads, 
and may they themselves become captives in a foreign land. Do not ignore their guilt, do not blot out their sins, for they have provoked you to anger here in front of the builders. At last the wall was completed to half its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. But when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs, Ammonites, and Ashdodites heard that the work was going ahead, and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. The workers are getting tired, and there's so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them, and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, They will come from all directions and attack us. So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed areas. I stationed the people to stand guard by families armed with swords, spears, and bows. Then, as I looked over the situation... I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fights for your brothers and sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When the enemy heard that we knew of their plans and that God had frustrated them, we all returned to our work on the wall. But from then on, only half of my men worked while the other half stood guard with spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. The leaders stationed themselves behind the people of Judah, who were building the wall. The laborers carried on their work with one hand supporting their load and one hand holding a weapon. All the builders had a sword belted to their side. The trumpeters stayed with me to sound the alarm. Then I explained to the nobles and officials and all the people, The work is very spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. When you hear the blast of the trumpet, rush to wherever it is sounding. Then our God will fight for us. We worked early and late, from sunrise to sunset, and half the men were always on guard. I also told everyone living outside the wall to stay in Jerusalem. That way they and their servants could help with guard duty at night and work during the day. During this time, none of us, not I, nor my relatives, nor my servants, nor the guards who were with me, ever took off our clothes. We carried our weapons with us at all times, even when we went for water. Nehemiah 5 About this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews. They were saying, We have such large families, we need more food to survive. Others said, We have mortgaged our fields, vineyards, and homes to get food during the famine. And others said, We have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy, and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters, and we are helpless to do anything about it. For our fields and vineyards are already mortgaged to others. When I heard their complaints, I was very angry. After thinking it over, I spoke out against these nobles and officials. I told them, You are hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. Then I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. At the meeting I said to them, We are doing all we can to redeem our Jewish relatives, who have had to sell themselves to pagan foreigners. But 
You are selling them back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had nothing to say in their defense. Then I pressed further. What you are doing is not right. Should you not walk in fear of our God in order to avoid being mocked by enemy nations? I myself, as well as my brothers and my workers, have been lending the people money and grain. But now let us stop this business of charging interest. You must restore the fields, vineyards, olive groves, and homes to them this very day, and repay the interest you charged when you lent them money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. They replied, We will give back everything and demand nothing more from the people. We will do as you say. Then I called the priest and made the nobles and officials swear to do what they had promised. I shook out the folds of my robe and said, If you fail to keep your promise, may God shake you like this from your homes and from your property. The whole assembly responded, Amen, and they praised the Lord. And the people did as they had promised. For the entire twelve years that I was governor of Judah, from the twelfth year to the thirty-second year of the reign of King Artaxerxes, neither I nor my officials drew on our official food allowance. The former governors, in contrast, had laid heavy burdens on the people, demanding a daily ration of food and wine besides forty pieces of silver. Even their assistants took advantage of the people, but because I feared God, I did not act that way. I also devoted myself to working on the wall and refused to acquire any land, and I required all my servants to spend time working on the wall. I asked for nothing, even though I regularly fed a 150 Jewish officials at my table, besides all the visitors from other lands. The provisions I paid for each day included one ox, six choice sheep or goats, and a large number of poultry, and every ten days we needed a large supply of all kinds of wine, yet I refused to claim the governor's food allowance because the people already carried a heavy burden. Remember, O oh my God, all that I have done for these people, and bless me for it. Nehemiah 6, Sembalat, Tobiah, Gershom the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors in the gates. So Sembalat and Gershom sent me a message asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them, I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave them the same reply. The fifth time, Sambalat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Gershom tells me, it is true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king, he also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king, so I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, There is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Later, I went to visit Shemaiah, son of Deleah, and grandson of Mehetabel, who was confined to his house, and said, Let us meet together inside the temple of God, and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. 
But I replied, Should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered his prophecy against me because Tobijah and Sambalat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Remember, O oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sambalat have done. And remember Noadiah the prophet and all the prophets like her who have tried to intimidate me. So on October 2nd, the wall was finished, just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done to help our God. During those 52 days, many letters went back and forth between Tobijah and the nobles of Judah, for many in Judah had sworn allegiance to him because his father-in-law was Shechaniah son of Era, and his son Jehohanan was married to the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. They kept telling me about Tobijah's good deeds, and then they told him everything I said, and Tobijah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see obedience and confession.